Hello, and welcome to another episode of Scions of the Southland. As always, my name is Akshay Schwarin, and joining me on this beautiful night in Atlanta, Georgia, is none other than Mr. Jake Grant. How are you today, sir? Oh, fine, thanks. I'm, uh, I'm all tuckered out, though. It's the end of a long weekend, so here, here we go. A Welcome long weekend uh, filled yeah. with a lot of Georgia Tech sports action, I will say. Definitely the most we've had uh, in about a year. So, you know, it, it was interesting to be, be keeping tabs on stuff. I, I was at baseball uh, most of uh, Saturday, um, just trying to keep up with stuff from there. And then obviously there was a bunch of stuff again today. So, I mean, we have we had track in action earlier this week and earlier yesterday um, as we record this on Sunday night. Uh, Swim was at ACC Championships. Both tennis teams were in action versus FSU. Women's basketball, men's basketball, softball had six games. Baseball had three games. It was a packed, packed week, cover to cover. I guess that means we have a lot to talk about then. All right. You want to put our usual 30 minutes, obviously about 30 minutes. We never usually end before that timer ends. Let's put that on the clock. Are you ready to go? Yeah, let's... uh... Let's ride. All right. Three, two, one. Let's get started. Let's start with track. I'm not sure exactly what invitational they were at, but I did hear uh, across the way that Nicole Fegans has done it yet again. Please tell me more. I thought that was interesting um, because as far as I knew, they were done with their regular season and ACC stuff hadn't. ACCs are um, in Clemson coming up this coming week. Um, does appear, according to Twitter, though, that she broke, was it the indoor mile? I'm, I'm going to double check on that because I, I don't want to say it's the mile and then it be the 3,000. Okay, yeah. Uh, the women's 3,000 elite race at the Camel City Invite, um, which puts her within the top two heats in the, uh, in the country uh, for, for the 3,000 meters. So it must have been... Must have been just sending her up there because they, they didn't even do a write up on it. So, yeah, I think all, all I saw was a tweet from the track and field account that was quickly corroborated by uh, Mr. Todd Stansbury himself retweeting it and quote tweeting it. If it uh, if it comes from that man, it must be true. Um, I uh, I saw him at uh, at baseball on Friday or Saturday checking out the new digs. So he must have had a pretty busy weekend himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, lots of stuff in action on campus. I know President Cabrera was also uh, scampering around campus today, visiting the various venues. So leadership shown out. There's, uh, I was going to say, there's, uh, there's a lot of stuff that comes with being the president or the athletic director that would probably make me pull my hair out. But uh, going into sporting events, getting nice, uh, nice seats and sending out tweets, that, that'd be right up my alley, I think. <laughs> nice su- seats and sending sitting in suites, uh, getting night. I'm gonna have to workshop this. Sitting in suites, getting nice seats, and sending out tweets. Does that I mean, work? Yeah, it, it sounds sounds right for me. But uh, seems legit. I was gonna say, don't don't ask me to uh, to sit down and read over highway plans or anything like that, because that that's the part of the job that would make me want to scream. But. Uh, Luckily, we don't have to get into that. That's for a different Atlanta podcast, I think. We 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 should talk about those, but but eventually, maybe if we have time after after we go through the slate here. So I think that about does it for track. Tell me about swimming's performance at ACC championships this weekend. All right, I'm not going to damn them with faint praise, and I'm not going to lowball them either. Uh, the good news, the spin, is that this is the most points they've ever scored at ACCs, which is really good. Um, they had the most like newsworthy women's ACC meet. I think that we've had in a really long time, be it because of, uh, some girls grabbing cuts. Um, I believe Cami Hidalgo scored top 10 in all three of her events, stuff like that. Um, just really excellent all around diving solid, really solid showing this year. Um, mm-hmm. but the women scored, uh, a, a yeah, sorry, a ninth place finish in the conference uh, ahead of Miami, um, Pitt, and definitely BC. Um, 
I don't know what it is about BC, but they're just not very good at uh, swimming. And I can say that because I have a friend on the coaching staff there, or at least I used to. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's a start, I think. we We've had them in the top 40, I believe, all year of our numbers. So when you come from a, a top-heavy swimming conference like this, like, yeah, they weren't anywhere close to to the top three, which are Louisville, Virginia, and... NC State, probably. NC State, yeah, NC State right. sounds right. Yes, that is right. You're, sorry, I was I was blanking on on the pack. Sorry to any pack fans that are listening to this. I don't know why you'd be here, but uh, welcome if you are. Anyways, um, yeah, no, we're really close to any of those three, but uh, I don't know. This is I uh, I think it was a little bit disappointing to see Florida State still come out in front of them, given that they beat them in the dual meet setting this year, but. I, this might be the most competitive showing we've, frankly, ever seen from this team. So, there's I mean, that. one of the things that we one of the things that we talked about earlier when we debuted Cap is we couldn't necessarily explain their ranking because they were ranked like, in in our numbers, they were ranked somewhere in the mid twenties, right? Twenty ninth. I, I went back yeah. and checked uh, my old articles this week. Yeah, and and the thing that you can, I think, we were talking about with with those was. This team has depth now, which is the which is the difference. It has young depth, which is my, would probably why you're seeing that that difference in performance year over year, and saying this might be the best showing because now you don't just have top line starters to, uh, who are relied upon to get those results and get those cuts. Now you can go a little bit further down the chain, and also expect performance from you know your your freshmen and sophomores. Yeah. Um... And they have a, I guess it's for three years still, because nobody really lost any eligibility year over year, but um, two or three years more out of uh, Mackenzie Campbell, who's definitely the new centerpiece of that team. She broke two records this week, uh, notched B cuts in both. I believe she got an A cut in the two fly, maybe two IM. Um, I'm going to have you vamp on that in a sec so I can see. But if if, if she did get that A cut, that that means – all of uh, all of her swims are going to be going to nationals, um, plus whatever anyone else can slide in uh, under the beat cut threshold. Um, I realize that I just swimming spoke at all of you who probably have a very low bar, but for those of you who've been around and have heard me say this before, I'll say it again. Um, NCAAs, two time standards, A cut, B cut. A cut is automatic. B cut gets you consideration. When the season is over, they see how many people they have in each event. Uh, with all their A cuts, and they add all the people with A cuts, B cuts, if that makes sense, uh, if we're still following. And then they pepper in to a set determined numbers of swimmers rather than a number of people in each event. So they'll go and add swimmers to make all the events even length, and then they'll go one at a time, accepting a new swimmer for each event, and that'll come with, you know, all of their cuts as well. So it's it's a very messy process, um, very inconsistent, but it means if you have one really good event, you get a bunch of swims, uh, and it also qualifies your relays. Um, Interesting. So I'm going to go um, look that up. Before before I do, there's a couple other names we want to mention. Brooke Switzer, Switzer uh, she's been all over the board lately, um, throwing up B-cuts, school record, top 10, ever kind of times. Um, so good for her. She's a sophomore as well. Um, yeah, Schweitzer and, um, and Campbell are going to be good for the future. True freshman, Claudia Butterfield. Um, she's been a, a name we've seen a lot as well. Ariana Sacalaris, who will be, uh, in the distance free. And then, uh, and then a bunch of seniors kind of filled out all the gaps. Um, if we could get, if we could get one of those eight cuts through though, um, we'd at least get more, I think, uh, like qualifications to NCAAs in a while. And that would be a great uh, close to the season. Okay. Moving on. Both tennis teams were in action versus the same two teams. Uh, oddly enough, uh, women's tennis uh, had a close victory over Miami uh, and then followed that up with a close loss to FSU. Men, the men lost to Miami uh, but beat FSU in it, it went down to singles tiebreakers in the final match there. I 
I think for women's tennis, this is a bit of a drop off the last couple of weeks, wouldn't you say, from where they were? Yeah, um, I'd definitely say so. But, you know, we, we haven't really seen Ava Rostar and don't really know what's up with her. So I can't I can't slight them too much when one of their top three courts is just not MIA. You know, you know what I mean? Though. Like we haven't we haven't been playing full strength. So there's kind of a an expectation there. Also, FSU is the number six team in the country. So there's that. Um, I don't know. Um, Miami is, is not the number six team in the country, though. So th- these aren't these aren't slouch teams they're playing. I think on the men's side, the Miami one was the Miami loss was a little bit more clear cut, but the FSU series today was interesting. Um, I was checking out the line scores as I was tweeting them out earlier, uh, and and we were finishing up in Tallahassee, and you saw that Tech had actually won on the first court. So you had I think it was McDaniel who who had won on the first court. I think. Chopra went to tiebreakers in the second set that he ended up losing. And then uh, Deng on one of the lower courts also won his match. So in the in singles territory, it was actually like a pretty good performance from a depth perspective, I think. Yeah, that's fair. I um, mean, they also won, so it was a good performance overall, but you get where I'm going with this. I'm I'm 99% sure we lost to them last year too. So, you know, that's a progress. That's a notch. It's a win you can notch, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have no more thoughts on either of the tennis teams beyond those series happened and they were interesting, honestly. Yeah, the um I think a couple other takeaways um Marcus McDaniel uh, he did, did defeat the number 77 ranked singles player in the country today. We like that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other notes. Losing, we did not have a good doubles weekend for the for the men or for the women. Um, there's another thing I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I mentioned Ava Rostar. Really have looked to try and see if I can, you know, if I missed a podcast or a tweet or, or something. But don't know what's up with her. But we haven't seen Mahak John uh, or Jane John. I forget. Um, shame on me. Names are hard. Names are hard. Um, we haven't seen her in two, three weeks either for the women's team. And I mean, she's a blue chip recruit coming in. Um, as lots well. of squad um, rotation. It's lots up? of squad rotation for unknown reasons. Yeah, and I mean, we've we've kind of been riding with this lineup for the last couple of weeks, but you know, it's uh, this is the this is the life we live in non rep sports. You don't really get a Huh, why is somebody out other than, oh, they're out? Unless you, you know, like Sarah Bates, we, we saw her go down. We we know what happened there, you know, but. It, well, it doesn't help when a lot of them aren't televised. Exactly. Um, also, uh, I don't know if we make this clear. When men's and women's tennis are at home, you can follow live streams for those. We found out about those recently. And uh, I'd say it keeps us more in touch. Um, George Burdell on YouTube those why they're not done by gt athletics i don't know but uh i think they are it's just that gt athletics doesn't have them on the main website probably due to some sort of rights deal yeah maybe we're not supposed to expose them for this i mean i i don't know i i I know how much they uh they i mean they put just as much heart into this as anyone else so if they if we can get more eyes on them for their live streams and whatnot then you know, that's that I, I call that us doing our job well. So fair enough. Two other Georgia Tech sports teams also faced Miami, the first of them being women's basketball. They blew out Miami and then did the unthinkable. Please tell me what happened. Do I have to? <laughs> yes. Um Georgia Tech uh looked offensively challenged. Uh, up in Boston today, I don't know if they were frozen out or, or what, but they lost uh, by far and away the number 15 seed uh, this coming conference tournament when they took the L to Boston College, uh, 49-43. Um, the first quarter and fourth quarter were notoriously low scoring. The ladies trailed by five at the half. Um, 
In the fourth quarter, they only scored two points in the entire 10-minute uh, frame and lost by six. Let me let me just respond to this, you know, that entire game line with, ooh. ooh. They scored half their points from this game in the third quarter alone. We know they can do it. We know they can score. They kept up that pace the whole game. They'd score 84. But, man. Yeah, this is ice cold. Yeah. Um, This is a bad loss. I don't think you can excuse it in any way. I think you can try with short rest uh, because they, I think this was on the back end of a 48 hour, two games of 48 hours. Um, But uh, this was bad. Um, The good news, I guess, is that Syracuse lost two. uh, So Tech officially has the three seed in the ACC tournament. Um, but if you were looking for this to be a ranked Georgia Tech squad heading into next week, um, you will be also, disappointed. Actually, we're dumb. They played Florida State. <laughs> uh, they played Florida State uh, yeah, earlier this Florida week? Yeah, Florida State Thursday night. Duh. I-, I was like, that doesn't sound right. They played Miami at home, didn't they? But uh, uh, You know, maybe I just – all the Florida teams are the same. But it's, That's my excuse. When half your teams play Miami and Florida State in the same weekend, or or Clemson or whatever, you know it. Anyways, party. This is the, you know, this is the problem with pod scheduling. I, it all looks the same. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like even in a normal year, we get uh, Miami and Florida State at, in tennis at the same time, but. That's neither here nor there. Um, anyway, they blew out FSU. I don't think the team necessarily matters. They probably also blew out Miami earlier last week. So they did. It was. Uh, does it matter? I mean, yes, it does, but also it doesn't. So um, we we blew out Miami the game before uh, Tuesday. Well, we did play Miami on Tuesday. Duh. Okay, there. so they put they played Miami, FSU, and BC, and lost the one game that they absolutely. Were should have been predicted to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they beat Miami by twelve on Tuesday, and then uh, Florida State Thursday. Maybe they were tired. I don't know. It's it's weird. They've been going three games in a week, then one game in a week, then three games in a week, and one game in a week. So it stinks. It just plain stinks. Again, you can sort of say short rest, but also like, meh. You should not have lost to this team. You should also not have scored just two points in the fourth quarter against any That's, team quite frankly against any team okay let's talk about the men uh as we continue to watch the clock here they did blow up blow up miami that was a weird game just in terms of like oh my god the men's team is doing this levels of weird right yeah i mean they looked really good doing it too oh i'm not complaining about it i like it when the men's team wins big versus you know, respectable competition. Eh. Yes. Um, <laughs> Obviously. To, they did need to win this game. Yeah. Uh, we, we did see that uh, Jordan Usher in an interview uh, earlier, I guess it's last week now, earlier last week said, we're treating every game as a, as a must win. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sure showed it in this one. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know what? If that's what it takes, that's what it takes, man. Whatever it takes yeah. at this point. Um, it, yeah. Finish your statement. Gonna, I was going to say, I'm not going to – I don't think it's unreasonable to say that he's right and they all are must-wins. With the chief among those being this coming Tuesday uh, – I think it's Tuesday – against Virginia Tech. I sincerely think you have to win that game to make the tournament. Even beyond the ACC tournament, like – a. You know, the ACC, whatever happens in Greensboro, you have to beat Virginia Tech to be back in the last four in, at least. Or even the next four out. You have to put yourself in bubble contention. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, I, uh, another note here, the Boston College game that men's basketball was supposed to play was postponed due to COVID uh, at uh, Boston College. We hope everyone's okay there. Uh, it's unclear what the status of that game will be. I, that was supposed to be Wednesday. It was already pushed from Tuesday. So, um, yeah, not sure if that one will be made up before the tournament. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, 
honestly, we saw what happened when the women played Boston College. At this point, like, you can say we need wins, but I'm not convinced that the potential for a catastrophic loss makes me want to play that game. You know, like, it's just, what's the point? Mm -hmm. Moving on to more loss. This is not a good segue, but I'm making it anyway. Softball. They are currently 0-5 and currently in the, uh, well, they were 0-5 this weekend. And they're currently working on a bases loaded two out situation in the bottom of the seventh down three runs versus Clemson as we speak. I mean, that they're not dead yet. That's what it sounds like to me. Um, honestly, hope hopefully they resolve this with a grand slam right now. But um, I mean, in, to, to give you a full on update, to give you a full on update, it's uh, let me see the jersey number. I think that is Cam Stanford at the plate with a two zero count that's just gone two one. That's kind of the person you want to be in that situation. Um, how did I we think get they should bunt personally? How did we get here, Akshay? How did how did we get here in terms of watching the game that I currently have on TV now, or how did we get here? No, in terms like how did zero and five? Yes, how did we get to the zero and five? Oh, that's that. Ooh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Cam Stanford just hit a double to left field. That'll score. I love giving live commentary. That'll score two runs, I think, or at least one. Oh, they're going to do this to us, aren't they? Two outs, second and third. Two outs, second and third. They're gonna, they're gonna make a sweat for it. I mean. That's one run. Did they get the second? I don't. Oh, and I think they got both runs in. So they did. The, the it's it bases ahead. loaded or uh, or runners on second and third with two outs and Trisha Awald's up. So we'll keep you posted as we keep going here. It's going to be really weird to talk about this with the game going on. The I feel like this. I feel like this actively is going to change my thoughts on the like like one and five. Oh, and six, they're both not that great. But quite frankly, before even independent of going five and oh last weekend, I expected no more than two wins out of this weekend. Like, I, I mean, we, I predicted one win versus FSU and I didn't get that. So, yeah, I mean, that, that was a barometer series. Of course, Virginia Tech, who's also down here, um, absolutely blew out uh, Florida State three games. So, yeah, so, so just to give some more background, just to give some more background, they set up the conference for the opening weekend. They set up everyone in pods. So the Atlanta pod had VT, Clemson, uh, Florida State, and us, obviously. And so they played all the games at, uh, at the Mew, which really puts a dent in your scheduling uh, when uh, softball says that they'll start their game at 1.30 and <laughs> VT, FSU goes an extra 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I don't. Did VT Clemson play here? Or did they play that in Clemson? They played at. They played at Clemson. Okay. Um. So, I I don't know what's up with that part. Like one might say, we also should have played VT at some point during this weekend, but we get them on a regular weekend, I think. But also playing nine games in a weekend, that is that is a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'm watching a pitcher pitch i i don't know like this clemson pitcher has pitched two can or at least two games this weekend um i mean, I mean they're two games them. versus us at least yeah uh so oh, full count two outs uh, yeah this, <laughs> so they did i guess they did end up going over three versus clemson they have this is the thing that i find frustrating with this team so we watched them demolish Radford and Boise State. Those are expected results, full full credit given, but but you have to add those caveats. With FSU, you you kept pace with FSU for the majority of the first game, bits of the second game, except I think FSU turned on the boat race at, at a certain point, and then for the majority of the third game. With Clemson, you've been able to keep pace until the second or third time that Clemson, Clemson's hitters go through 
or, or Tex Pitcher goes through the lineup or through the Clemson lineup, and then it all falls apart. Now, I, I mean, I've watched all six of these games on TV now, um, and it, it just comes back to me for the pitching has not improved against. High, against considerable competition as we would have liked, I think is my thought. We jinxed the ever-loving bejesus out of uh, Blake Nelliman, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, she well, had some frustrating outings. I, it was She had some trouble with control um, in her start versus, I think it was versus FSU. And then she it, those same struggles came back um, versus Clemson as well, to the point where I think in both games she was pulled after two innings of work so it it's the same story I guess as as last year where we started off hot that first weekend or at least with some hope and then Ah. things (laughs) I want to hear what you have to say we did not start hot last like yes we ran right into Washington but we lost to like USF opening well well, I think I think the thing last year was we start with the way that we were talking about this team was very, very positive. Yeah. yeah and, then you, and then you go from that to the actual performances. And I think maybe last year was just one week adjusted, like from this year, if that makes sense, to where this year we played five games, softball is receiving votes in the coaches poll, and we're like, is this for real? Whereas last year... Before the season started, we said, "Are we for real?" Yep. So, no, it 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 raised the standard, and that's great. Like the, the expectations went up, but I don't know. I I hate being negative about any of these sports, and I, I don't want to be like, "Oh wow, like the world is ending." We went we went five and six, but we had a really good opportunity here to get at least a, a win or two or three against some good teams. Weren't expecting sweeps. Heck, weren't even really expecting series wins, I, I think is fair to say. I but. mean, I, I think to be frank, we were expecting take one game from FSU and then take a couple games from Clemson, I think was kind of our expectation. Yeah, I think I, I, think I set my bar at still have a winning record after weekend two, you know? Yeah, and if you take one game from FSU or one – if you win one game during the weekend, you're still at a winning record. Yep. But they just could not seal the deal on multiple occasions, and in my opinion, that kept coming back to pitching. Yeah. Um, taking a dive into the second Florida – or the third Florida State game, which is our most, uh, I guess, closely fought game, our, our, the one we had a best shot, our best shot in there. Um, just because I, I I don't know I want to be fair to them and, and look at good examples. Um, mm-hmm. Blake Nelliman, two innings pitched, three earned runs on three hits and a walk, four strikeouts. That's not terrible. And then Bruce came in in relief, and and let in two. Like that's I don't know. You, you you're not getting a whole lot. Uh, from the offense, I guess, but like these aren't bad games. I, I think today's Clemson games, they were both tight knit affairs, right? Mm-hmm. The last Florida State game was a tight game. At some point, you got to think the luck's going to pay off. Heck, even the Clemson game yesterday was only five to two. It's not like Tice getting blown out or letting in, you know, so many runs. It's just they're, they're, they, 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 they're only as good as their bats will allow them to be, I think. And against good pitching, there just wasn't a lot there, you know? It's really hard to win games when you only score four or five runs, you know? Mm-hmm. And I I get it. I get that. It's just it comes back to me. It comes to me, and I, I where when I think of these games, I keep coming back to – the lack of consistent pitching. And I know that it comes that you can kind of see, you can kind of say like, Hey, pitching obviously depends on the run support that you get. You, you sort of work your pitches, you work your strategy on the mound 
regardless of sport, whether it's softball or baseball, based on the run support that you have, um, I think there's some merit to that. But you know that your lineup can hit. They are statistically proven. They, they've proven that they can hit. Obviously, you, you're working with a small sample size. But the runs will come. The hits will come. Uh, there was some you know, batted balls in play kind of deal in this and this weekend where they sort of got unlucky the hits and w- runs and walks will come but you still have to have that consistency on the mound in order for those to be worth it i, I mean it's a chicken and egg problem at, at the end of the day kind of yeah um it's also definitely tough to be an away team in your own uh in your own house i think that might be at least a little like you know you never want to you don't want to play away games frankly um so that's tough but you're not wrong like it it, good pitching doesn't need great tier hitting and 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 great tier hitting only needs good pitching but you gotta be you can't have neither you know Mm -hmm. and and i don't know like we didn't frankly last weekend we didn't we didn't need to have elite tier pitching. And, and I mean, it's good to see them shut down these teams that we need to beat. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I will say this. I think we got better as the weekend went on. I will, I will cop to that. I will give that credit. Cause you know, we, we, we keep Florida state close, but then kind of let it go towards the end. Eight one. All right. We figure out their pitchers a little bit more. Seven, three again, five, four. Clemson, we lose by three, then two, then I think it was two in the first game. Uh, if not, it was one. It wasn't more than that. They were all close. Yeah, and, and these are one, two, three run games with the exception of the first two against Florida State. And that's not a satisfying result, but I think it's leagues better than probably we would have seen in the last two years against, well, Clemson didn't exist two years ago, which whole another can of worms. But whole other can of worms that I have a bone to pick with, but I digress. I was going to say, like, Florida, we have not been, frankly, really that competitive against Florida State in the last. We have like a 2019 ACC quarterfinal that speaks to that. Yeah. Like, that game was close in the beginning and then they let it get out of hand, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know what more we can say that's new, different, and fun about this weekend for softball. I wouldn't expect them to be receiving votes tomorrow or the next day when that stuff comes out. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but I think it, it'll be interesting the next couple of weeks to see how the schedule unfolds, especially uh, next opponent is Louisville, question mark. I think, I think it's still, still too early in the year for that. Um, no, we have the like Kennesaw, Georgia, someone else out of conference weekend, I believe. Uh, I need to check the calendar, but you know, we should have done that before bad podcast business on us. It's been a, uh, wacky, uh, weekend in terms of what we've had off the top of the cuff or not at all been prepared for. (laughs) Um, speaking of which baseball, uh, let's talk about it. Am I going to lead off with it didn't look like they were prepared for the season to start? Because that was my first take yesterday at the game. But uh, I mean, I think I would kind of agree with you. With the exception of today, I think today was a lot cleaner. We lose uh, one silly game opening weekend every year. It's, every year. It's kind of funny in a darkly funny way. Don't get me wrong. I don't like losing. In like a darkly funny way, how this team, how this, how this program, every single year will lose to a mid or low major on opening weekend. Yep. It, it, in 2019, it was Richmond. Yeah. How? In, uh, in 2020, I think we lost a game to St. John's, right? Opening yeah. Weekend. Like how? And and we've covered those teams before. Like I wrote previews for both of those teams. I know exactly how good or bad both of them were. They were not good teams in the previous seasons. Yeah. And it's always the it's always the Saturday game, too, if I remember correctly. It's always the Saturday game. You want to go way back into ancient history? I very distinctly recall losing to Bradley in 2018 because my dad was there laughing at me the whole time. He's I also fan. remember that, which was painful, I will say. Oh, it was absolutely painful. But 
Um, just to, just to recap, uh, Tech baseball open its season versus Eastern Kentucky. No slouch, to be fair. Not even just based on the results, but just in general. They are no slouch. They are easily the second or, second or just top-line best team in the OVC, um, along with Jacksonville State. Uh, they went two and one, won game one and game three, lost game two, and a bit of a shootout. Um, and Tech will play again in midweek versus Mercer, uh, but we can talk about that at a later time. The pitching in game two was, in a word, bad. I think that is sort of the lead here. Yeah, um, they could not hit the broad side of a barn. Um, it was frustrating because you expect a lot. Andy Archer was the starter in game two, and you, you haven't seen him pitch in a year and a half, more or less. I mean, he was out for all of 2019, was supposed to be healthy last year. Um, but obviously you have COVID sort of ruined that plan. So this is his first start, collegiate start ever, and uh, it was not good, to, to be very frank. Yeah, it was – it was it, – it, the pitching got worse after he left, and I think. Oh I, yes, it was an adventure after he he left. If he to be left, fair. came after, I would have been like, "Okay, Andy did all right." <laughs> I have uh, I have my scorecard around here somewhere. Let me let me go dig that out. Yeah, so let me uh, while he does that, let's let's talk a little bit more about the games. Um, we said pitching was bad in game two. Game one was a was a bit a tightly contested affair. I think there were a couple of defensive mistakes. Um, where and where Georgia Tech relief pitching sort of came close to costing Tech the game in spots, um, and then you had some uncharacteristic defensive mistakes, like I said, from from Luke Waddell um, and a couple other players. Uh, things like like I said were much cleaner in Game Three. It was a little bit. It was it was pretty low stress, uh, and Tech was able to take the series. Uh, I think. In general, the hitting is coming along as we expected. Uh, the lineups were certainly interesting uh, from a couple of different angles. I know some of us wanted to see Compton in there um, and in Hall's beginning of uh, 2021. Wow, I was about to say 2019. has uh, been a little disappointing in terms of what he can do at the plate. But I think that is coming along as expected, especially from the younger players. Yeah. Um... I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna question the master too much here, but I don't understand the lineups. You can say that along, but I, I, I will leave you with that opinion. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I try to put it as politically as possible. As you are very good at, uh, and I respect that, but I, I continue, there's always one or two that kind of baffle me, um. I will I will reserve judgment though until we have a couple more games under our belt. But I think Reed Compton, uh, Parada, uh, Trace Gonzalez, DeLeo, like those are the guys who have shown to have good at bats, to see a lot of pitches, to make contact when needed, um, hit or otherwise. Um, and I I don't know that that's the curse of having a really, really talented lineup, right? That you're going to have people and opinions um, and, and there's going to be men lost in the shuffle. So mm-hmm. it's really about how can they best mitigate that? I think. I think a notable surprise that we saw this weekend was the sort of the appearance of Malloy at third base. I don't think we'd heard a lot about him. He's a transfer from Vanderbilt. Uh, and he really impressed me this weekend. Yeah, he's looked really good. I have, uh, I was, after seeing him play on Friday, I was disappointed not to see him in the lineup on, uh, on Saturday. He, I don't know why they let him go, but I, I, I'd like to see more of him. I'm not going to say he's like, you know, full sense or anything, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, definitely somebody I want to see getting more looks. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he was good at the play, had, had a couple of really nifty plays uh, at third base as well, uh, including a web gem that I, from Saturday, I think, uh, uh, like, a, I think it was a throw on a hop that he sidearmed over to, uh, over to first base. Um, he was really good. Uh, I think 
in my mind, obviously it's been three games, but I think that, you know, part of the infield is sort of settled. I think maybe you rotate out players and maybe try some people out first. Um, I didn't watch Jenkins specifically to sort of grade the performance. Also, I'm not as educated to do that, but, um, but I really think that Waddell will high combination in the center of the ballpark. And then you add Malloy uh, on the left side, on the third baseline. I think that side of the infield is really, really good, both at the plate and in the field. Yeah. Um, I would agree. Uh, Waddell seemed to have picked up his, uh, Fielding apropos uh, today, which I like. A um, couple miscues. I think that was another theme that we saw. A lot of defensive <laughs> miscues um, early in the weekend. Uh, that errors, to, to quote a friend of the podcast, Ethan Kreger, errors and walks are what do you in in college baseball because, you know, you, you let a couple get on base and then, bam, that one hit is brutal, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So for the future, limiting that would be awesome. But um, but no, it's it seemed like it picked up on on Sunday. You can correct me if I'm wrong there. But again, I I think Sunday's game was incredibly clean. Um, we had the one flub from Sam Crawford on a throw. To- than that, it just it seemed like a pretty clean, mistake-free outing. And I, and Crawford was also really impressive on the mound on Sunday as well. Well, that's good. Um, it, it, if you get a lockdown Sunday starter, that is that is almost all the way there. Herder looked pretty decent on Friday. Um, I'm he just, did get an early early pull on Friday, I will say. Yeah, I was a little surprised to see him pulled so quick, but he didn't get. Did he get any playing time last year? Coming off the off the Tommy, I'm John? not entirely sure. It also depends on the timing of the Tommy John surgery from 2019. Yeah, um, which I remember was late in the year, so he may still have been in the rehab program. Um, my understanding is he was fit and ready to go for opening day this year, uh, and there was some talk of him being on a pitch count. I think it was also mentioned on the broadcast. He was pulled somewhere around 80 pitches, I think. Yeah. Uh, so it's entirely possible it was just a, um, just like a programmed-in pull. But it, it did strike me as a little early. Uh, and it, it, I don't know. I, I think we just need to see more from this team. I need more data points to really sort of make a good opinion about where this team is, what this team is. Because it's so unclear to me after these performances what we're looking at. We need to uh, not lose to Mercer midweek this week. I'll tell you that. Hopefully Grissom looks good. If Grissom could play his way into like weekend starter contention i think that's say i mean maybe not great things about herder and archer but you know just to it well pitching depth is always good i'm not i'm again the the we, we talked about this last week when we were doing the baseball preview one of the things that did the 2019 team is, is because they didn't have the third starter they no. the, the lack of that third starter hurt them going into that regional so if you have more quality pitching depth. That is always a good thing. Yeah, agreed. The, I'm uh, not going to complain about it if he's if he does well. I, I, I just hope that Burrell, Coach Burrell, is teaching more than pitch design, miles per hour. Like like location and control has to be part of that. And I mean, obviously, I didn't go to the game today, so I can't really comment. As and, and Bart Nicky looked good on on Friday in terms of guys. He was who, good to him and Maxwell were good today as well. I think Maxwell still has the control issues that we've been seeing from him. We saw early last year as well. Um, but uh, I mean, again, you get two innings with a guy, twenty pitches. It's not a lot of data to go off of. Yeah, um, I, I I just hope. That there, there are people that can have the next man up attitude uh, coming out of the bullpen because if if things keep happening the way it did, they're going to need that. Yeah, and I, they just need to figure out what ro- rotation isn't the right word, but what pattern of good relief, what a pattern of good relief pitching looks like. I think it's who can you trust in that bullpen to get you outs when you need outs. Um, 
I, it's, it's still a work in progress. It's not all the bullpen's fault uh, for for Saturday. I think there were, like we said, there have been defensive miscues in a couple places. So um, there there is that. But again, pitching is the is the key, right? We talk about with softball. It's the same thing with baseball. Figure out the pitching. The hitting will come. The hitting is there. The hitting talent is there. You need to figure out the pitching. It, you have to have both. Yeah, um, I know this is cherry-picking one data point, but I, I'm looking at my scorecard now. I'm kind of running my totals because I forgot to do that yesterday. Um, Compton, single in the second, single in the third with an RBI, strikeout in the fifth, home run, uh, his second of the week, second of the weekend, I believe, uh, in the seventh, was pulled for Malloy in the eighth. I don't see, based on this weekend, how you can justify benching Compton from here out, frankly, like he is easily one of our best three bats. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> interesting part is that he was not in the lineup today. Oh, I see. I didn't watch the game. I was at tennis and softball. Um, I don't believe he was in the lineup today. And we had no, a we, conversation about, about that. In the that morning, uh, mm-hmm. When they dropped the lineup, you're, you're completely right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I'm willing to give Dan like, I do have some questions about lineup construction like I led with. Like there there have been some questionable choices, but I am also willing to give the like you said, the master the benefit of the doubt for the first couple of games and let talent let, let the wheat separate itself from the chaff, to so to speak, right? Um and understand what our most optimal lineup is both on the mound and uh I obviously in the batter's box. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm willing to give him until the first, like the the first ACC series, which I guess is next weekend. But you you get what I'm saying until after the first ACC series. Yeah, I I I agree. We're we're getting close to that though. You know, I, if it's him trying to see who works best with who, um, based on the at bats I've seen from Holland versus what I've seen from from Parada, I like that in that position battle. I like the Leo in the lineup a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I think Reed Jenkins obviously need to be out there all the time. It, we we know Waddell's a good player. Um, we know Will Height's a good player. You keep those guys in there for their glove, even if they'll not hitting particularly well, I think. Yeah, Waddell will figure it out, and I, I think he did. Um, he did a fine job on Saturday. He, uh, um, Ethan and I were – we had some interesting takes on the fielding. But, I mean, if you look at it, uh, two singles and an RBI, um, a walk. Um, he was very close to being a – if he wouldn't have been the third out of the inning in the second, that would have been a productive out, um, one strikeout in the fourth. That is that is about as solid of a stat line on the day as you can ask for. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I wish – see, I keep my scorecard very differently than a traditional box score, and I keep a lot of info in it. So I wish I would have had it for Friday because I, I forget a couple of the takeaways I had. But – you know, the more you know for next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I said, they will play Mercer this week in a midweek game. You mentioned that Marquise Grissom Jr., the third yeah. junior, junior is is uh, starting that game uh, according to what we've been reading. Um, I'm currently looking up the schedule to see who they play next weekend, question mark. Um, baseball schedule. They will play NC State in Raleigh next weekend to end the month. So it gets rough right That's off the bat. Program right there. <laughs> so better be ready. If you're going to do any lineup tinkering, you you can throw one game, but you can't throw all three. Yep. The uh, the last stat I want to leave you with looking at uh, looking at Saturday. I want you to guess how many men we left on base. I don't want to talk about it because I know how much stuff it is. All right. I, I know how large it is. Okay. Fair enough. For the people, it's a, a dirty dozen. So that's, that's uh, part of the pitching. That's what we got to clean up, and we'll be able to reassess next week after we play uh, the Wolf Pack. Yeah, I, I think it happens all like every single year we keep doing uh this same dance with the runners left on base and man i wish it would end 
Well, we can we can hope. Hopefully, this is uh, this is the start of newer, better things. One can hope. Uh, last point I want to leave us with. Uh, I totally watched this happen, and it didn't register in my brain. Uh, but Jin Saleo for softball had a triple play. Oh, uh, and I did not did not register when I saw it. But it was. I'm looking at the replay right now off of Twitter, and it is. Very, very good. So go find that uh, if you get the chance. Yeah. Don't see one of those every day. So I will uh, I will take it. Agreed. All right. Anything else before we wrap up for today? <sighs> um, let's see. We got some uh, – we got two games left in the women's basketball season. We got, I think, three or four left for the men. Um, so those are coming down the stretch. Obviously, we talk softball. They'll have UGA on Sunday. Um, that's if, if you're going to watch one game this week, that is the one to watch from them. Baseball, obviously, four days of action. So you, you got your fill. Um, if you're if you're a basketball nut, might want to catch them before their seasons wind up. But uh, uh, oh yeah, men swimming and diving. Uh, Greensboro, I think they start Wednesday. Um, yeah, should be in the hunt for hopefully a top five finish, but we'll see about that. Yeah, um, it'll certainly be an interesting week. Another busy, busy week. Yep. I think we'll have a lot to talk about next weekend again. <laughs> I mean, you know, we set a goal for like, what, 30 minutes today, and this is probably an hour right now. So <laughs> I'm glad that I get to edit this, he says, regretting editing, regretting having to edit this. <laughs> um yeah anyways um keep an eye on everything uh for the people out there stay safe and uh hopefully we'll see you again next week yes listeners thank you all for listening and we will see you again soon <laughs> <laughs>